0: Chapter 2 There are a couple of big problems with morphing. First of all, there's the two-hour time limit. If you stay and morph for more than two hours, you stay forever. Second, there is the fact that all of the animal's basic instincts come along with the body. Sometimes, when you jump into that animal brain, it's like grabbing onto a power line. Finally, there is the total creepiness factor. I mean, major Stephen King meets Anne Rice creepy. The concert was taking place at this big outdoor arena that's at one end of the city park. We needed a private place to morph, but that turned out not to be so easy. There were people everywhere. Thousands of people. Kids in black t-shirts, displaced deadheads with little granny sunglasses and dreadlocks, parental units carrying babies and trying to look cool in their dockers, and hardcore punk rockers with pierced everythings. Across from the park, there was this little street with coffee shops and restaurants and an ecology bookstore. There were alleys behind the restaurants, and we headed there. Down one alley, we found a little dead-end area stuffed with dumpsters. Wonderful, Jake muttered. The two of us and the garbage. This is already fun. Come on, let's do it, I said. I was impatient. I could hear a warm-up band racing through a power set. You haven't morphed a dog before, have you? Jake asked me. No, he smiled. Don't get too happy, he said. I didn't really pay any attention to him. I looked around and saw some hippie girls walking by. They couldn't see us. I removed my outer clothing and stripped down to my morphing suit. I stuffed my clothes and shoes into the bag Jake and I had brought along and shoved it behind the dumpster. I focused on the dog I had acquired. I saw it in my mind. And as I focused, I felt the changes begin. I've morphed much weirder things than dogs. But every morph is strange. Every morph is unpredictable. You really never know how it's going to go. I expected the first thing to be fur. It wasn't. The first thing that happened was the tail. I felt it just sort of spurt out of the base of my spine. I turned to look back over my shoulder. Oh, gross! The tail was sticking out, but it had no fur yet. It was just this kind of grayish chicken-skin whip. I looked back at Jake. His face was bulging out like something was trying to climb out of his mouth. At the same time, my own muzzle started to grow. There was a weird grinding noise from inside my head as the bones of my jaw stretched outward. I felt an itching in my mouth as my teeth grew bigger and rearranged themselves. I saw my fingers shrink up inside my hands. At the same time, the little stubs of fingers grew these gray-black nails. My palms became thick and calloused. I felt the bones in my legs and arms stretching, changing directions, and I began to grow slightly smaller. Suddenly, I couldn't stand up anymore. I fell forward onto my calloused pads. Only then did the fur begin to grow. It was a good thing, too. I was one ugly animal without fur. The reddish fur sprouted quickly, like the world's fastest grass. It just seemed to explode out of my skin, long and silky. Cool, I said to Jake in thought speak. Check out this fur. Every girl in that concert is going to want to pet me. He said something back to me, but right then, the dog senses kicked in. I've morphed a wolf, so I was prepared. I knew the hearing would be amazing. I knew the sense of smell would be incredible. But what I didn't expect was the dog's mind. It was not like the wolf. The wolf was a cool, intelligent, ruthless killer. The dog was just a big goof. You remember that old song, Girls Just Want to Have Fun? That could be the theme song for dogs. Dogs just want to have fun. That's what fooled me. The Irish setter's brain didn't feel like some strange animal. It felt like it was just tapping into a part of my own mind. It was a perfect fit with the goofball part of my own brain. I looked over at Jake through my slightly dim dog vision. He had become his dog, Homer. I lolled out my tongue and panted. Jake slash Homer panted right back at me. I barked for no reason. I did a little dance, sort of like I was going to run away, but then I stopped suddenly and crouched down on my front legs and grinned like an idiot at Jake. I was inviting him to play. I tore off down the alley at a run. Marco, wait up! Catch me! Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, like you even could! I scrambled away at top speed, my nails clicking on the concrete, my flappy ears flying, my tail held high and wagging. I raced down the alleyway, totally ignoring the rich, wondrous smells of rotting garbage. I turned toward the park and raced across the street. Jake fell back, caught up in a small knot of people. Screech! A car slammed on its brake and missed me by a couple feet. A couple of feet! I mean, if the driver had been one millisecond slower to hit the brakes, I'd have been roadkill. But my complete dog brain reaction to that near-death experience was, Cool! I smell something! I'm totally serious. The fact that I smelled some other dog's pee on a curb was about 10,000 times more interesting to my dog brain than the squealing car was. The driver got out and started yelling. I gave him a happy dog grin and trotted on my way. Harco, would you wait up? Suddenly, I was surrounded by people. But they were totally different from the people I'd seen before when I was still human. For one thing, I wasn't really looking at these people. I was smelling them. What they looked like was so totally not important. But the smells! I smelled sweat. I smelled shampoo. I smelled bad breath. I smelled what they had been eating. I smelled what they had stepped in. I smelled laundry detergent. I smelled everyone they had touched or shaken hands with. And I could smell all their animals— The humans might as well have been wearing big neon signs that said, I own a dog, or I have cats. I could not only smell who owned dogs, I could smell whether the dogs were male or female, young or old, fixed or not. Just by sniffing the people walking past, I knew if their dogs ate canned or dry food. I mean, when you hook up to that dog nose, it's like you've been walking around with cotton balls up your nostrils all your life, and suddenly you take them out, and wow! Wow! You're into a whole new experience of life. I'd been a wolf in the forest. Now it was like I was a wolf in civilization. The information from my nose was so complex. So full, so rich, so enjoyable. Hey, boy, someone said. A girl. I was sure she was a girl. But was she a cute girl? I tried to make my dog eyes focus, but it was like sight was just irrelevant. I could see pretty well but my dog brain was way too busy smelling and hearing. I did notice the scent of patchouli oil, though. The girl reached out a hand and stroked my head. Instantly, a warm wave of pleasure washed over me. Then she scratched behind my ear. This was almost too good. This was sublime. This was probably the best thing I'd ever felt in my life. I think I could have just stood there and let her scratch behind my ear forever. But then she was joined by a guy, a guy who owned a cat, incidentally, and she started in on my ribs, I lay down and rolled on my side. The scratching of my ribs felt like tickling. I was so happy. I was beyond happy. See, dog happy isn't like human happy. Human happiness always has this little voice in the back of your mind going, don't be too happy. Keep your guard up. Something bad could still happen. But dog happy is just pure, distilled essence of happiness. I just lolled my wet tongue out and slapped my tail against the grass. And then it started. My leg started going all on its own. (laughs) I love it when dogs do that, the guy said. That's so funny. His girlfriend scratched away on my ribs, and my back leg just motored away, out of control, and I was in heaven. That's when Jake found me. That's nice, Marco, Jake said. "'Very dignified. "'What's next? You going to lick yourself?' "'Oh, it's another dog,' the girl said. "'He's even cuter!' She leaned forward to pet Jake. "'That brought me to my senses. "'No way was Jake a cuter dog than me!' "'Okay, okay, that's enough playing around,' I said. "'Come on, Jake, let's get closer to the stage.' We took off, tails wagging, leaving the nice hippie couple behind. "'See, I told you, Marco, don't get too happy.' A happy dog is almost too happy. Why not? I asked, a little wistfully. Why not just get happy? Then, something stunning happened. There had been no music for a few minutes, and all at once, Offspring climbed on stage and unloaded. They ripped into a song, and I cowered a little. The impact on my dog ears was shocking. But it wasn't just that it was so loud. It was that I could hear everything. Everything! Hey! I can understand the lyrics now, I said. Cool, Jake answered. We trotted closer into a thickening crowd of humans. The smells were just overwhelming, and not always in a good way. Suddenly, I saw him. He was passing out flyers. He was walking through the crowd and passing out handbills. A breeze caught one of the sheets and it fluttered to the ground in front of me. I forced my dog eyes to look at it. I couldn't read the fine print, but I could see the two big words at the top. The Sharing. The Sharing. The Front Organization for Controllers. Jake, I said. That guy. He's handing out flyers for the sharing. Yeah. You know what? Does he look familiar, or is it just my imagination? He had brown hair, just a little over his ears. He was maybe five feet tall, but he managed to look taller. A slightly shorter version of Jake, strong and confident looking. Yes, he is familiar. His name's Eric King. He transferred out of our school like a year ago. Eric was coming closer, smiling and handing out flyers to anyone who would take one. He knelt down and smiled at me. He reached out to pet me, but I pulled back. Eric shrugged and walked on his way, handing out flyers. Jake, did you notice it? Oh, yeah, he said. Definitely. Oh, man, I said. There is something very, very wrong with Eric.